This is Marketing Smarts, a podcast committed to cutting through all the confusing marketing BS so you can actually understand how to take action and change your business today. Welcome to Marketing Smarts. I am Ann Candido. And I am April Martini. And today we're going to talk about all things networking. This is definitely one of our passion areas. I know we've talked about having lots of them, and it's not just because this is what brought us together. We believe it is so fundamental to anyone's success in business that we would be completely remiss not to have this as one of our topics. Uh, This is another one, quite frankly, where our careers on opposite sides of the fence bring a unique perspective to the do's and don'ts of networking success. But again, topic for everyone, anyone working with a job, with a career, it does not matter who you are. You remember the old adage, it's not about what you know, but who you know? It's 100% the truth. And this can be a hard pill to swallow, but unfortunately, folks, that's just the world we live in. Uh, And the other piece is you never quite know what's going to come out of networking. So we find this to be an extremely exciting topic just based on that fact because you don't know where your efforts are going to leave, but we will promise that they will lead somewhere. Um, And we know there's tons and tons of information out there about networking. Um, So we're going to do a little bit of a flip and talk more about through the lens of what not to do. And and some of them are slightly outrageous. And you're going to be like, yeah, duh, I would definitely not do that. But the point here is to really appreciate the fact that while it's a broad topic. There's lots of information out there. It's always good to have a reminder, and we think we bring a pretty unique point of view to the discussion that we want to share with everyone today. Uh, We also know it's not always easy to put yourselves out there. So in the spirit of that, we want to help support all of you out there that either find it a struggle, have let it fall off, um, you know, have never done it in the first place, all of those different things. Again, you can be anyone. That's our topic for today. Yeah, and I'm going to challenge the fact that if if anyone hears us go through the topics and says, I've never done that, I'm going to call <laughs> BS on that because we, we, I think we could say we've done every single yeah. one of these. Yeah. So I think if you hear that too and you're like, um, yeah, that's me, that's okay. It's been all of us. Yes. So that's why we're having this conversation. And, uh, you know, we talk a lot about the way that networking and led us actually to each other. Mm-hmm. And you're going to hear, you can hear all about that in uh, episode six. Uh, it gives gives the background of our entire story. But, you know, you'll recall if you've heard that episode already that um, I talk about the fact that, you know, I, I met somebody, that person like asked me to meet this person and that person said you should meet this person. And then that person's what led me to April. So mm-hmm. we call like the, the degrees of Kevin Bacon from a networking standpoint. But I just want you to guys to keep that in mind as you are listening through this, because sometimes it can get a little bit frustrating when you're networking because you kind of expect like the first person you meet is going to be like your April and it may not be your April. <laughs> your April may be like four steps removed and you just have to kind of go through the process in order to reach your April like I did. Yeah, exactly. And and I think that's a really good point, right? Because you set out with one objective, you got to be flexible, something else may come up. But what we will say is, we've never heard anyone say that I never got anything out of networking, Correct. if they do it the right way. So with that in mind, uh, we're going to talk all about networking today, and we'll just jump right in. And then the four unspoken rules of networking. Oh, yeah, sorry. Four unspoken rules of networking. That's That's fair. So the first one, we cautioned, we might be a little outrageous here. Don't get drunk and overshare. So networking can be super hard, right? One of the ways to take the edge off is to have a drink or two before you actually get in the situation. 
We would argue that this definitely helps you loosen up. However, it also can lower your inhibitions and skew your filter. So next thing you know, you're telling your boss all about your fraternity initiations, which always started with, we were so drunk and then X happened, right? Not a good look, guys. If you're in a networking, especially professional networking situation, this is pretty obvious. But the point we want to make here is, okay, there are ways that you can, if you can't avoid the events, you can hold yourself to one or two drinks. You can have a wing person to watch over you. You can build kind of the discipline to deal with them if you have to. But the broader point here is to find an approach that works for you. So speaking very personally, early on in my career, you know, the idea of networking was brought forth to me, which I totally appreciated. But the suggestion was to join lots of groups and boards and go to tons of networking events. I tried that for a hot minute and realized, first of all, I didn't feel like this is what networking was about based on what I thought it was going to be. And also, this was just a terrible investment of my time based on my personality. I'm not a schmoozer. I've never been a schmoozer. I don't like people who schmooze. Those events are just so stiff and inauthentic, I think, that what you end up doing is doing a handshake and and meeting people, but not really spending time having any meaningful conversation. So I still, you know, kept the idea in mind that I should find the right way to do it for me. And for me, that's really one-on-one interactions, which I know, you know, if you've been listening to us or you know me, that might seem surprising because I am extroverted, right? So In theory, I should be able to embrace those types of situations and make them work for me. But because they just go against the grain of who I am as a human being, I actually prefer the one-to-one. And that's because it allows for some really meaningful, in-depth conversation with the person. You're seeking each other out on purpose or one of you is seeking the other out for a reason. There's topics to discuss. Um, You can relax. You can, you know decide what the right environment is. If it's not over drinks, maybe it's at a coffee shop, Um, you know, whatever the case might be, you're much more in control and you're in control of the speed. And I just love those conversations because honestly, no matter who it's with, I always come away feeling refreshed. Like I got a new perspective. I reconnected with someone that I truly care about and respect. And I'm kind of put in the right mood to go tackle something new for the day. So, April, even though you don't like to schmooze, I mean, obviously, almost everybody actually has to do that at some point, right? I mean, that's always one of those things at the company Christmas party, mm-hmm. although we're not doing a lot of Christmas parties this year. But how do you have like tips that have helped you in those situations be able still to make them very effective yes. networking opportunities? Yeah. And like we said, if, if you can't choose, you know, mm-hmm. and you have to get used to the situation you're in. I mean, I've also had plenty of that, right? So what I always had was I would prepare just like for any other sort of meeting or event. So study whatever the topics were, if there were, or refresh myself on the client if it was client specific. Um, Keep in mind the handful of people that you absolutely have to have see you or speak to in the room. Um, Make sure you have questions posed or smart 
conversation starters for that um, and just really kind of run through in your head how to orchestrate the event to the best of your ability so that you feel somewhat in control entering the room even though it's not really your approach of choice. And so um, while I, I, I don't love that way of doing things, I, I felt a lot more confident and ready to go in those mm-hmm. situations if I prepared myself. Yeah, I think that makes a ton of sense. And I think in, in doing that, it also helps you to kind of keep it a little bit more professional. Uh-huh. Yes. Right. Because I think when we say don't get drunk and overshare too, like even if you're not drinking, sometimes you start feeling very comfortable in a situation uh-huh. and that tends to lead to oversharing too. So we highly suggest you keep it professional. Um, be careful, you know, where you go on, on those things. That means you have to be stiff as a board, but be respectful of the fact that you have professional goals here in mind. Yes. Which actually segues nicely into the second point, which I'm going to hand off to Anne, which is don't be the awkward networker. Right. And we've all been there and we've all seen them, right? <laughs> After you find you know, the networking approach that you feel most comfortable with, the next step is really to make it a regular habit. Um, because it's going to be awkward at first. It's awkward at first for everybody. But in order for this to be really effective for you, it's going to have to start coming off authentic. Um, You can't be the awkward person who's always just sitting there letting everybody else talk um, Mm -hmm. while you're not saying anything. Um, Or the person who's just kind of like, you know, standing in, you know, the room in the corner, which refusing to engage anyone. Um, That just doesn't work. And really the only way to get over that is to actually start doing it. Um, And the more you do it, the more comfortable you become with it. And the ways that you do that, and April had a lot of really good tips, is by really planning for those engagements. Mm -hmm. So make sure that you do that because that will help it not feel so overwhelming. You'll have something that you can talk about. Um, All of those things are going to be really – going to be really important in helping to make sure that the conversations you have are leading somewhere. And like April said, it's not just, hey, how's the weather? Hey, how's the weather? Hey, where do, where are you from? Hey, where are you from? That you are able to start having intent in your conversations. Um, and with that, when you can have intent, it helps to kind of take some of the awkwardness out as well. And But I can't overemphasize enough that you have to, have to, have to practice. Mm-hmm. Um, and you only practice by actually being in it and realizing it ain't going to be like smooth at the beginning. And that's totally fine. You'll get better at it. And and there's going to be some days where you're just going to be off and it's not going to be perfect. But always try to kind of take something away from what you have because there's always the opportunity to follow up later. And really what we would say is you haven't networked until you actually follow up. Mm-hmm. Um, that's where the connection actually gets solidified and gets made. Um, so there should be some exchange of LinkedIn, or there should be some exchange of email or something to the effect of, you know, um, some expectation for follow-up. That doesn't mean necessarily you're doing that with everybody, but you're doing it with certain folks. So um, I think that's those those are really important ways to help you kind of get over the awkwardness. Yeah. And I think um, Anne and I constantly talk about our pet peeves right now because networking is happening in theory on some of those channels. So she mentioned LinkedIn. I feel like I've been getting a lot of emails lately, but where people, to the point of 
doing the wrong thing are trying to network by incessantly emailing you or LinkedIn posting to you. Yeah, LinkedIn cold calling. Yeah. I've said it before. I'll say it a million times. It drives me absolutely nuts when somebody says, hi, Anne, I have researched your company. I can offer you and then proceed to offer me exactly what we sell. Yes. Exactly. It happens all the time. And then they follow up and say, oh, I don't mean to bug you. <laughs> yeah. Since you didn't answer me the first time, you know, how about, you know, now? And you, you want to see what I, I prepared for you? And, and then you still don't answer. I'm like, third time, what's it going to take for me to, like, uh-huh. actually get a response for you? I'm like, goodness gracious, people. Yeah. It's it's just not appropriate. It's not appropriate. I mean, it's not going to lead to healthy conversions. <laughs> I mean, and it just gets people annoyed because it's so clearly obvious that you really didn't spend any time in doing that. And so, and, and, and my other, like, close second to that is, hi, can we have 30, min- can I have 30 oh, minutes of your time just yes. to get- tell you what I got going on? I'm like, no, you can't have 30 minutes of my time just to tell me what you got going I don't know who you are. Why yep. would I do that? And maybe it's it's converting for some people, but I just have a hard time believing that that is effective. And it just you just lose so much reputation yep. and credibility that the first thing I want to do is just really on like how you do it in LinkedIn, but like basically remove them. I, I just can't handle it. Yeah. So cold calling. That leads very nicely into the next point, which is don't call me out of the blue and ask me for something. And okay, that LinkedIn example, that's great, right? But even worse, I feel like when you have someone that you actually do know, and it's usually someone that's either an acquaintance or someone that you haven't talked to in a long time and you knew at some point in your career, but you don't really know them now, they just randomly call you or email you, reach out, and there's an immediate ask associated with it. And not only is that just jarring in and of itself because I'm like, we don't have any sort of rapport or whatever, I'm automatically put on the defensive and feel very uncomfortable most often with the ask. And and it's tied up into a bunch of things, right? Like haven't talked to you in forever. A lot of times the ask feels unnatural in general or not really applicable or they're asking for the world. And I'm like, but we don't even, we either barely know each other, we haven't talked in years, all of those types of things. Um, And so one of the things, you know, we've talked already about getting comfortable with the idea of networking. And then Anne talked about practicing so that you start to lean into it a little more and and affect your style. But she also said, you know, the follow-up. And so I think here it's about setting a cadence to the networking. And it's honestly not going to be the same for everybody. So I would say right now, even amidst COVID, I have a monthly mentoring session with someone that I used to work with who's looking for advice, a monthly lunch with someone I used to work with that we reconnected after years of just not talking to each other after running into each other a few times, Um a monthly session with someone who I hold very near and dear and we talk about the fact that we're both, you know, starting our own thing and or in the midst of being in our own thing and and giving advice, but also just talk bigger picture about the world. Um, and then there's people, you know, like half a dozen of them who I reach out to once a quarter and I put that actually in my calendar 
And that doesn't mean we necessarily get together once a quarter, but it means that at least there's a connection point. It might be a quick catch up. Um, we schedule something, you know, those monthly meetings, even sometimes those shift. But the point is that networking is a priority and I value it so much that I'm totally willing to handle all the logistics, take ownership of it. And like I said, back to the point of those one-on-one meetings in the, in the beginning is that we're not starting from scratch every time. We actually truly are having meaningful conversation because it's not like, I haven't talked to you in a year. Oh my gosh, your kids are how old? And to the point of like, what's the weather? Like, what vacation did you go on this year? All that stuff. We can jump into, you know, remember last time I was having a struggle with X, Y, and Z issue and you know, well, yeah, tell me how that went. Well, here's how it panned out. Like, what do you think about how I handled it? Right. And so it quickly gets to a meaningful interaction, which to me is the true point of networking because it's authentic in the way that it's it's happening. Um, now, do you have to be as crazy as I am about it? No. Well, we, I've talked about the fact that I'm very OCD. Uh, I like my checklists. <laughs> if I don't put it on my calendar, then it pops into my head at 3 a.m. Oh my gosh, I haven't talked to so-and-so in so long. So that's totally my way of managing it. And I would say, honestly, it's a light year for me with COVID and actually seeing people in person. But you also don't have to engage as much as I do. I love it. So I make it a priority. It's just more that you have to do it. So again, finding what works for you and then ultimately setting a cadence to those meetings is just hugely, hugely important. Yeah. And I think the one thing that you said too, uh, that I think is really important or you applied it is that you're selective. Yeah. Oh yeah. Right. You know, so it's not like everybody you meet, you have to like follow up with and you have to set a cadence for and, and connect with them. You're selective on who is going to, one, give you energy, mm-hmm. who is going to or who you want to give energy to mm-hmm. in addition to, you know, who might be good um, business you know, acquaintances that we might you know want to engage with later, yep. who are just great from like, you know, a mentoring standpoint. I mean, there's there's lots of different reasons why you might network with somebody and want to connect with them on an ongoing basis. Um, and Jordan Harbinger, who is one of my podcasters I listen to, he always says, you you have to build a well before you are thirsty. <laughs> yep. So I think that's always a good thing to kind of keep in mind, too, is that choose some that you feel like are going to have some short-term impact on you and whatever is important for, for you in the networking realm. And then something might long term be like, hey, I don't know like how this relationship is going to work now, but it's a very interesting relationship and it's something that I want to kind of foster and, and keep going. Mm-hmm. Um, and it might pay dividends later. And then if there is somebody that you haven't kept, you know, kept in touch with and you do want to reach out with them out of the blue, just be honest about yeah. that. Yes. You know, just Good say, hey, point. I know I haven't talked to you in like two years, but I, I have this going on. I thought of you. Do you have a couple minutes or, you know, if, if you're not interested, I totally understand. Like, you know, we haven't talked, but I think it could be cool or whatever, mm-hmm. how you want to position. Just be honest in that and just say, you know, right out. I mean, people will appreciate that a lot more and yep. you'll get a lot better response from that. So um, I think that's really, really important is to be selective so that you can manage it. Otherwise, you could spend every day, all day. You know, doing all the networking things and then wondering kind of what is going to be in it for you. Yes. Um, in 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 it. Um and what's gonna be like the result of your time. So Absolutely. Totally fair point. All right. So number four, fourth and final, and I'm gonna hand this one to Anne. Don't assume networking is ever over. Yeah, I I used to find this kind of funny and actually 
I'll be honest, if this was me too. It's like, why do I need to do this? I know enough people, right? Um, and that could be a um, an easy cop out because I am introverted, and it, you know, it 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 was it was easy way to like get out of having to do the networking. Um, but it, if I had really just like really felt that, and I actually hadn't really um, continued to expand my network, I would have been really in big trouble when I left PNG. And I think that's really, really important for people to know is that you don't know where life is going to take you. You don't know what tomorrow is going to bring. If anything, this pandemic has taught us is that, right? Mm -hmm. That life is unpredictable. Um, You don't know where you're going to be tomorrow. Lots of things can happen. So it's always good to continue to connect and grow your network because it it gives you a ton of flexibility then if something does happen continue to think about too where you want to expand mm-hmm. your network so sometimes you know if, if you're if you really have a, a tight network internally and in your business and that's working well for you you might want to say okay is there networks outside of my business then that would be very beneficial for me to start engaging in that I can start building some rapport with some people in that area? Because maybe you have a, you know, you're eventually going to want to do a side hustle. We've mm-hmm. talked about that. So maybe you want to start getting involved in some entrepreneurial networks that are going to allow you to have access to this world that you don't have access to. Maybe you want to um, pursue a personal passion and, you know, you don't know exactly how you're going to get there. And maybe you just need to be around the right people that actually feel that passion too. And, you know, whether it's religious or music or art or anything that, you know, that um, philanthropy that, you know, really like, you know, you find meeting in, you might just want to start like networking with those groups. I mean, so, it's an opportunity to really just expand and and and, and grow yourself mm-hmm. as much as grow your the physical presence of you through all of these um, different uh, groups that are going to give you you know make your life richer, but also are going to provide flexibility in this ever changing world. Yeah, and I, I think it it broadens your perspective just naturally. Oh, yeah, I agree. So, you know. Whether you do it in your company, like Ann said, or, or you proactively go out and, and find new interests to link to, I mean, I don't think that there's much that can replace a different perspective than what you do every single day. So I think it's really easy to fall into the, you know, I, I at the office from nine to five or six or seven or whatever, and and then where am I going to find the energy? And but But I think that's a backwards way of thinking because I think you find the energy by networking with people that are outside of the realm of your every single day. And I just think it's it's so important. And then just the point of not assuming it's ever over. I mean, people come in and out all the time. And yeah. so you have to be open to everything from graciously, like we don't have a lot to talk about anymore, which has happened to me. And then to Anne's earlier point, it's still okay. The door's open. You can reach out a year or two from now when you think of them and you need something um, to, you know, I'm looking for X, Y, and Z in my life and I want to bring some new people in. So it's just something that never changes and that if you proactively do it right can consistently fill you back up um, and help you see things a new way. Yeah. And I think to that point is um, you never quite know exactly what else is there yes. when you start engaging with somebody? I mean, I, I can't tell you how many, 
you know, um, networking conversations I've had or just conversations in general that um, I go in with one intent and mm-hmm. I find out, oh, well, I didn't even know that's possible. And, you know, that ends up in business. Yep. But this was like supposedly just supposed to be a pure personal, like, you know, connect that yep. you know, I had set up because I thought the person was kind of cool and I wanted to learn more about the person. Um, I mean, it's it's always interesting how matrixed it can be. Yes. Um, and that's part of um, what networking allows you to, to, to see, but also it gives you time for those things to develop. Yes. Especially if you do everything that we told you to do, which is like set the cadence and, you know, and, and be authentic in it. You, you'd be surprised like how much stuff opens up. And when you give it enough time, what possibly can um, or, or something that you thought initially was um, develops that you didn't even realize that that could develop. Yeah. Right. So, um, yeah, I think that was definitely always need to be thinking about networking. Yeah. I mean, it keeps you top of mind. I think that's yep. the point, right? That's- so whether that business opportunity comes up in the actual conversation or three months down the road, they're reminded of you because you put yourself in front of them. Yeah. Now, unfortunately, I didn't give April any of that time, but, you know, <laughs> I gave her a little bit of time. True. <laughs> Are you craving a deeper dive immersion into the topics on our podcast? Then you will appreciate our virtual consultancy. Located on the shop page of our website, forthright-people.com, you can now download our digital coaching modules on vigilant leadership, culture building, and social strategy. For the cost of a book, you will get diagnostic tools and exercises to assess your current state and development tools to quickly and intentionally improve your proficiency. These are quick yet effective ways to improve your marketing savvy today. Check it out and let us know other topics you would like us to go deep on. So now that we've set up how to effectively network through the lens of what not to do, we're going to move on to the segment of In the Trenches. And for those of you that listen regularly, you know that this is where we give real-world examples that are specific maybe to industries or situations, but broadly applicable for anybody to digest and put into action. So the first one here, and Anne kind of already touched on this, but I'm going to pass this to her. I am an introvert, and I have a hard time putting myself out there to network. What do you suggest? Yes, and this is where um, I've said it once. I'll say it a million times. You Sometimes you just got to do things that make you uncomfortable. And yes, like we had already mentioned, it's going to be awkward at first. Mm-hmm. But this is why you really need to think about what's the best environment for you to be able to network in, um April mentioned the one-on-one situations and um, how that helps her facilitate those conversations and, and create more meaningful relationships. It tends to be what works for me as well. I tend to like the one-on-ones or small group settings, but sometimes even small group settings, I I, I feel a little lost in, in the conversations. Um, and so um, I'm not quite sure how to operate because usually in a small group, like couple people know each other much better mm-hmm. and you know unless I'm one happen to be one of the people that knows the other person better and then I feel more comfortable in a situation but um April also gave you guys a lot of other really good tips plan 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 for the conversation have some questions like know a little bit about the person enough to have some questions ready and then when they respond, listen, and then ask them a follow-up question, uh-huh. right? So it's kind of like the techniques we use in products research, which is, um, you know, to really start kind of like just pulling it out of them, be pulling out of them by at being interested and um, and asking them questions, asking them to elaborate. And then you'll find something that you're able to connect on, and then you can elaborate based on that. Um, 
so I think that's a really good way of helping you feel a <laughs> helping it feel a little less awkward in, in in kind of getting over it a little bit of the shyness. Um, but that assumes that you've already made the effort to actually plan it and do it. Uh-huh. Um, so you have to do that. You have to do that. And, um, you know, if you need to, make them smaller. Make them smaller sessions, 30 minutes. So it doesn't feel as daunting. Like, what am I going to talk about for an hour or over mm-hmm. dinner? Make it a 30-minute, like, coffee session or a quick call or a Zoom call so you know that it's only 30 minutes and, and that you don't have to – you won't get stuck over a dinner or something like that. Um <laughs> but even in those situations, it could be okay. So I'll, I'll give a little story. I um, was meeting one of um, a person who ended up being one of our, our bankers um, for our investment portfolio, and I was meeting him at um, a restaurant. And <laughs> uh, I was look. I, I go there first, and actually, another one of my caveats is always get there first and make them yes. find you. Yes, because that takes a little bit too of the awkwardness out of it and a little bit of the shyness of having to go in and try to find somebody. Um, but that all being said, there was a guy who came in. And he looked like he was looking for somebody. I'm like, hey, are you Steve? And he goes, yeah, I'm Steve. I'm like, oh, we're meeting to discuss this. He goes, I must not be that Steve. <laughs> <laughs> so I had a big laugh about that. And then, 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 then the other Steve came in and, you know, yeah, we had our meeting. But I was like, and I did, like, I did that a couple of weeks later with somebody else that was a was a Jenny and I was like, Oh yeah, I'm Jenny. I'm like, Oh, you just Jen no, I'm not that Jenny. I'm like, oh my gosh, what's my problem? <laughs> so um and sometimes when you can laugh at yourself, it, it helps you get over a little bit of shyness too. Yeah. Well and I think there you heard a lot of good tips for making yourself more comfortable and taking control of the situation. So like for the example of getting there and being there first, you know, you don't want to run in all harried either. Like, give yourself time. If you know this is already going to make yourself uncomfortable, mm-hmm. then get there early, sit down, have your drink ready, have your pad out. Like, don't be zipping in there and then you're already starting at a deficit yeah, and you aren't yeah. awkward or you're already feeling awkward about it. So, I mean, I think it's about being thoughtful and then finding the right approach and then controlling the situation as best as you can. Mm-hmm. Agreed. All right. Just like everything else in the world, this is number two. Networking has been affected by COVID. What now? So I gave the insight into my current networking situation. Um, And I I think the point here is not to let current circumstances or any circumstance give you an excuse and an out not to network um, or to let it fall off entirely. So I'll give you a really specific example. And I probably mentioned this before because I really hate it. I loathe video chatting. I seriously hate it. I feel like I have to gear up so much energy to do it and focus so hard and it's just not natural for me. However, I will say I mentioned that I mentor someone once a month and Elizabeth and I just find that we communicate far better on camera. And so I will say that I truly, truly look forward to seeing her on camera on the last Friday of every month and having that chat with her. And I think, um, you know, it wasn't great at first because of, like I said, me and I'm awkward on camera. But now we've settled into a really nice cadence where it feels natural and comfortable with her because I'm used to it now. And so, you know, for those of you listening saying, well, whatever, April loves networking, so this is easy for her. I mean, that was not such an easy thing for me to do. Um, But I made the shift for that reason. Now, I will also say that there's been some other examples where 
I suffered through the awkwardness of talking on the phone for the first three minutes with someone that I adore and have great in-person conversation with, but we never talk on the phone to each other. And so like, you know, those are people that like, we can have a good laugh where I'm like, why are we having so much trouble getting started? This is not a formal conversation, you know, those kind of joking moments. But I could have just as easily been like, oh God, this is so awkward and like gotten off the phone as quickly as possible versus addressing and working with things in the moment. So, um, I mean, I think the ask of a lot of people right now by their companies is to network. Um, I actually wrote a blog post about this. So if you're if you want some very specific tips on how to get started and what to do, especially in our current environment, you can go to our website and find that. Um, But I think the encouragement, right, is to mix with people both in your company, but also outside. Um, There's also all kinds of things about mental health going on right now and people being secluded and not interacting. I think the point is that not being physically with people does not mean not socializing. And to me, that's the support for networking and even more than ever the reason to do it. Um, So again, don't let current circumstances hinder you. Be authentic and honest. I mean, I will say to a new client, yes, I'll do a video call, but I will tell you right now I'm awkward on the video. Like I just will because then it lets them know that I may not be as good as what they're used to over email or or the phone or in person if they're used to me that way. Um, But don't let it be an out for yourself because I think a lot of people have just been like, well, you know, I'm the usual, oh, it's on my performance review to network. Okay, I talked to Susie from X department that I kind of know. We did a walk around the campus of of the office for 20 minutes. Check the box. Networking's done. And those are the people that I think are are probably not embracing the situation we're in now. Yeah, I think a couple of points just to build on what you said. Um, One is I find it really funny now that everybody feels like every meeting has to be a video meeting. Even meetings that you would normally not even have as a video meeting, people feel like they have to have a video meeting. It's like you don't have to make this more than it actually is, Right. right? If you would normally talk on the phone, Talk on the phone. Maybe you might want to throw in a video meeting every now and then. But, like, you don't also have to feed somebody else's need uh-huh. for, for the, the way that they want to network if it doesn't make you feel comfortable. And as April has laughed at me a gazillion times, I have bandwidth issues on my, oh my. Wi-Fi. So if all my kids are at home doing at-home learning and my husband's on his, like, computers doing work, like, I have bandwidth issues. And so it gives me a tremendous amount of anxiety yep. trying to find the right place. I could be able to do a video call because my internet will go in and out. And then all of a sudden, everybody's like, Anna, I can't hear you. And you froze again. <laughs> I'm like, jeez, oh, my goodness. So I think that's just one thing is, like, you don't have to have a video conference if you, for every thing or a Zoom call or whatever. Um, it's okay to do it by phone. And for those people, too, who have said, oh, I'm just so much better in person. I'm just going to ride all this out until I can do in-person meetings. Get over it. I mean, mm-hmm. you guys, this is going to be how it's going to be for a little while. It's going to go up and down. Like, you, there's going to be people who are not going to feel comfortable being in person for a, for a while. And then, I mean, that's awkward, too, where you have to show up with your mask and then you have to sit down and then you have to get, like, there's just a lot of awkwardness in the social situation right now either uh, anyway so you're, you're gonna have to figure out how to communicate and network through a different medium even if it's not one that you're traditionally like happy with and mm-hmm. you can't say oh i'm just not very good on the phone you're gonna have to learn how to get better on the phone mm-hmm. and we told you the way that you do that is by practice it's not going to be easy the first couple of times 
but you're going to learn how to do it. And if you guys are struggling with it, give us a call. We will help you. We <laughs> we're like tried and true practitioners of yes. all the different methods, and so we can definitely help you with this. And I think the one last point I would say on this is sometimes if you are going to bring people together, you know, in a in a group setting, especially on a you know video conference and stuff like that, try not to make it like overdone. Like yeah. I know like people are trying to do themes and stuff like that, and that can be fine for you know in certain circumstances. But you know, it's it, it sometimes that makes it even worse is when you try to make something more than what it is, mm-hmm. and so that can you know really you know, throw people off too. So just a couple builds. Yeah. No, I think all of that is is totally fair and, and to the point. And the only last thing I would say is if you learn some new skills and you get better at those, imagine how easy networking is going to be when you get to go back to what you prefer. So you yeah, can look or maybe if I find you like it the other way better. Totally. Yeah. All right. Number three, what results can I expect from putting in the effort to network? So we've talked about the fact that we at least find networking super exciting because you can't really predict the results. And that's totally true. But what we can tell you is if there are things that you want to work on or questions you're asking yourself or things you want to explore, you can set goals for yourself or rules for yourself around networking to feel like you're accomplishing something. So before Anne said, you know, don't network with everyone the same way for the sake of networking. You could spend all your time networking and then be like, what the heck am I doing this for in the first place? That's not obvious. That's not what you want to do. But here, I think it's it's like for me, and I've talked about you know my journey to finding Anne before. But I kind of like started my own thing, did it for a whole year, felt like I had mastered where I was at that point in time, but was looking for something else. And so it was you know just don't turn down any meeting, right? That was it. And so then I never really gave thought if someone reached out and then I would tell people that and then they would connect me to other people. And so over time, I started to become the person known for that reputation, um, which, of course, led me to Anne and and this podcast and things that I never thought that I would do. You know, we, we have our own show now. I had never even been on anyone's podcast. But in addition to the super monumental things, by the end of last year, I was interacting with just as many new people as people that I had known for a long time. And three of those people are now people that are on kind of that quarterly or or bi-yearly or whatever list where, number one, we send each other messages when we think of each other. Like we've, you know, we're Facebook friends now, so we comment on the kids and, and all of that stuff. But I do get together with those people now. And so lots of big things, lots of small things. But I think in the way of looking for something new, there were a lot of new things that I wouldn't have anticipated that came out of it just by me putting myself out there to network. And so my effort, Mm. my results rather, far outperformed any effort in my mind because looking back to the beginning of the year, I'm an entirely different person. So. Yeah, I I think too, um, the thing to keep in mind is it's very hard to do anything as a lone ranger. Yeah. Um, it's very hard to accomplish goals, dreams, objectives just by yourself. So mm-hmm. by natural, like natural, like just how the world works, you have to network. Mm-hmm. So even by saying, you know, well, I don't really want to do that, you, you, you have to. Or mm-hmm. you might as well just like, you know, 
live in your basement and, you know, even if you're playing video games, you're networking. <laughs> so, um, you know, it's it's really like it's it's the nature of the beast. You're going to have to do it anyway. So think about like, again, like what you said too, the intent of why you're networking. Yep. What are you hoping to get out of it? What is the goal? Not that you have to go in with everything with an agenda, but there is, that's how you're selective. That's mm-hmm. how you know like what people you actually want to continue to engage with or what people you might want to go try to find. So there should be an, a level of intent there. There should be a level of, of almost like like strategy of like, where is this going to do for me or, or how is this going to fulfill me in, in my endeavors? Because you are going to need people in order to make things happen for you. Mm-hmm. There's just no other way around it. Yeah. No, it's it's so true. Um, and, and I think too, um, not getting frustrated with the process uh, and knowing that you kind of have to wait for results is just another thing to keep in mind. So you can't man- overmanage it. You can't predict it. You can set it up the best way you think you know how, um, but don't let yourself get discouraged. And also be on- don't have tunnel vision. So be on the lookout for results outside of what you have in your head already. Yeah, I think that's a good point. So number four, which I'm going to hand off to Anne, why is networking inside my company not enough? So I think I alluded to this um, in uh, one of our earlier points, but um, let me elaborate on it a little bit more, is that if I had just networked within my company, when I left P&G, I would have been in big trouble um, because my internal network wasn't enough in order to springboard my new business. And again, even if it wasn't work-related, just hanging out with the people that I worked with wouldn't have been enough in order to really fulfill me in other areas of my life. Um, and and through that, I was able to extend uh, it into different um, opportunities that really made everything a lot more fulfilling and then opened up other opportunities. And so it's just too limiting if that's all you're going to to stick to because you're really just thinking then, what is this group of going to going to be able to do for me here in this moment in within this company versus who do I want to surround myself with so that I could grow as a person and actually have a more fulfilling life so i mean just to you know kind of finish the point about you know from a career perspective um when i left png I thought all my other like P&G connects were going to be the springboard for my business. It turned out to be actually very different. It ended up being actually people who were not within P&G that became the springboards for my business. Um, or those people were the ones who actually introduced me to the right people mm-hmm. that did help me springboard my business. Now, I still have a couple P&G people that I talk to on a regular basis, and I find you know them very helpful and just especially context because you know they get out of the matrix and they're able to you know provide some perspective um, from how it's been for them. But I'm finding like their journey has been very, very different than mine. So if I hadn't built those relationships, if I hadn't networked, if I hadn't been intentional in um, creating the, you know, that that ecosystem around me, I would have been in really big trouble. And it would have been a whole lot scarier than it was. And it would have taken me a whole lot longer in order to be able to move things forward. And I'm a pretty impatient person anyway. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, we've talked about the difference with agencies and I think networking happens more naturally because we just tend to jump around more. Right. So very few people spend 20 years at the same agency. So um, but I, I think even with that said, I 
always kind of took along my key handful of people, whether it was, you know, to Anne's earlier point about the reason for it, some were, were a pure friendship, but then I can tap into them to help us with work for forthright people. Some are more business oriented where you know, they're still within the agencies and I want to have that perspective continue. So I meet with them to give feedback and then they ask me questions about the way we're approaching it that they might be able to learn something to do within their organization. So, you know, I think being intentional about not losing contact every time you leave a company um, and then also keeping those important relationships that you've chosen on the networking track is hugely important. And I think you mentioned an important point, too, about perspective. It just gives you the other side of the mm-hmm. coin. Um, yep. I mean, you can get very myopic in the one company you're in, thinking that's the only way that it's yep. done. Yep. Um, and, you know, I know we always talk about bringing the outside in, and I think that was more figuratively <laughs> talked <laughs> actually talked. I love we, hearing you say that. <laughs> I, I will be honest because, like, you, you try to bring the outside in, and, of course, the structure doesn't support the outside. It supports the inside. So, But you can at least get the perspective from the outside that, hey, there's a different way of thinking about things. It in- increases your diversity of thought. It makes you more open yep. to, to new ideas, fresh ideas, new ways of doing things. Um that then you can work into the way that you operate within your business, even if you don't plan it to go anywhere. It yep. just broadens your perspective um, and gives you appreciation to maybe like how the agency operates, yep. if you really understand that. So you can understand how they feel um, or, you know, your vendors, if you're, you know, in, in one of your manufacturing situations, so really understanding how they feel. Mm-hmm. And it's, sometimes it's very eye-opening um, when you have those relationships by how much easier the, the work is facilitated yep. when you understand each other and you have that relationship. So um, it, it's it's very important to be thinking outside of your little bubble um, it, no matter where you are. Yeah. And then acting against it. And acting against it for sure. Yeah. All right. Our fifth and final. What if the person I want to network with is more experienced or higher up the food chain than where I am? So – First thing I will say here is people love to talk about themselves, period. And I am totally included in that. So full disclosure. But speaking from my personal experience, I I was lucky enough to never be turned down by anyone um, when asking for networking opportunities. Now, I will say that with the caveat that I also wasn't like entirely brave all the time about going for the super big fish. So there's definitely a balance of that. But what that did for me is cultivated a desire to go and pay that back. And I just, so many of the opportunities that I was led to in life were because of the networking situations that I found myself in. Uh, So back to the very beginning where we talked about, it's not about what you know, but who you know, I just found that to be so, so important. And Thinking, you know, very early on, which I, I kind of reference with this question as someone who's who's newer, right, to the, the job world and to networking, um, the ones that I look back on still with the most awe, if you will, are the ones where I did get someone that was director level or 20 years of experience, and here I am, this baby in the in the job, right, but that would willingly sit down and talk to me and treat me as if I were an equal in the way that no question I asked was stupid and would, you know, well, why did you ask that and encourage me to talk more about my point of view and really wanted to get to know me. And so I think... Um, 
that's the perspective that I take anyway. And I think people that have had similar experiences, that's what they try to do. Now, on the other side, people get busy, right? So Anne talked about being selective. I talked about how many networking meetings I have just regularly on my calendar. There are some that I just, quite frankly, can't get to. Um, So don't be discouraged if that does happen to you. I mean, it's going to happen. Don't take it personally. That person doesn't know you. Um, And so those can be kind of like, off-putting. You're like, oh, well, shoot, that didn't work out. So now I'm not going to try anymore. That's not what we're talking about here. I think the point here is give it a shot. We always say test and learn. We talk about that all the time. But if someone says no, then just move on. And it doesn't mean that it doesn't open an opportunity for later or, you know, maybe you run into them again. All of those types of things happen. Um, But just get right back on the horse and, and keep on trying and be brave or as brave as you can be about it. Because in the moments when I look back and I did take a chance, those are the ones that just stick out so clearly in my mind. So that would just be my recommendation there. Yeah. And I think depending on who it is, you can <laughs> you can actually set them up for letting them know that you're going to be back in you know, yeah. asking again. Because <laughs> a lot of, you know, a, the big, usually the uh, response you'll get is, oh, I'm, I, I would love to, but I'm too busy. It's yeah. like, oh, I understand. I'll follow up with you next month and see if you're less busy. Yeah. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> and so they're like, oh, gosh, this person is not going to go away. <laughs> and, you know, that could be a different dynamic. You know, I, I, I get it Or if you're talking like inter- inside your company versus outside your company. But, geez, no guts, no glory sometimes. I, know. Um, I mean, the worst thing you're going to get is like, no, I'm sorry, I can't do that. Or, or maybe they won't respond. But how are you going to feel if you never try? I mean, yeah. so um, always, I mean, I think it's um, important to, you know, at least put it out there, but not take it, like you said, personally, if the person does not have time to uh, to meet you. Mm-hmm. Um, they just don't know how awesome you are yep. yet. Well, and in this situation, like one of my favorite words that I never get to use is gumption. And I just feel like that's oh, like gosh. the perfect <laughs> word to describe like what you need in order to like keep putting yourself out there. So Anyway, um, just the point that, again, don't take it personal. Keep trying. Go for who you want to. The worst that they can say is no and be persistent. All right. So, again, for all of our listeners, you know that our third and final segment is usually a real-world example, either good or bad, of someone pertaining to the topic or a company pertaining to the topic that's either doing a good job or a bad job. And in this case, we're talking about networking. So this is a fun one. Caveat, I have zero personal experience in this space, Um, but I have seen it work and work with my very close network. And so to the point of networking, we're going to talk about dating sites. And, you know, the reason I don't have experience is I'm old and I met my husband in college when they didn't even exist. So literally never been on them, never really had a reason to. But what I will say is that there are several successful examples of people who have found their people on these sites. And, you know, we've talked a lot in the past about oversaturation. And I think this is surface level where you might be like, oh, my gosh, there's so many sites. And how do I even get started? And how do I know? But the ones that are doing a really good job are doing it in a creative way that takes into account the types of people they want to attract and where there might be natural common interest. And then they can go forth and kind of on steroids put you together with the right people. So as an example, 
eHarmony, faith-based. So that's a good entry point for people to start a conversation. Um, There is Bumble, which allows the woman to make the first move in swiping right if she's interested in the person she's being matched with. There's Tinder. There's Lumen for people over 50. There's Newit, which now brings your birth charts into things. So if you're into, you know, your horoscope and all of that philosophy, it matches people at that much higher level. The list goes on and on. And and obviously, there are some very bad ones out there. But what I think about this that's interesting is that, you know, we talked about finding the right people that you want to network with. And I think when a company or an organization can find the right way to do that at a much higher level, they're showing their networking skills in the way the platform is effective. Um, so again, three people in my close circle, I, you know, this is kind of a tough one to think about a brand that's a good networker. Um, but I think just organically the way that these sites work, but also the effort and conscientiousness with which they put forth the brand and the way the platforms work, when it's down to the core of who they are, it works really well. Yeah, and I actually am one of those three people. So yes, I met you are. my yes, I met my. <laughs> I husband, wasn't going to call you out. A match, yes, I did. I'll say it. And actually, um, I might, my brother might kill me, but he, he bet his wife on you know, harmony. <laughs> but anyway, um, that all being said, um, you know what you, the point you're trying to make is a really good point. Is that um, these sites are basically differentiating themselves by catering to the style for which people want to network. So when yep. we're talking about yep. you know finding your style, if you're I mean, I mean, just in the basic, like just using Match for as an example. I mean, that was for people who didn't basically want to meet, you know, somebody in a bar for the first time, yep. right? So if that was, yep. if that's very awkward for you to go on a social setting and meet somebody in a bar, this was it actually I called it the lookbook of men. It's like it's like you can like order men online almost, you know, like you know, oh like my. a new shop online. But it was basically how it was set up, and then you could just like put a little wink out there, you know, just to kind of test the waters, you know. Mm-hmm. So it was a, a, a much safer way into. Um, trying to beat somebody then it would be if you're like okay i'm gonna go like cruising the bar scene Mm -hmm. and trying to find somebody there now ironically a lot of our tips um for how to network effectively apply here don't get drunk and overshare (laughs) i mean you know that's a big one right there (laughs) so if you're gonna use these sites that's a big one really really follow that one um you know and you're probably gonna be a little bit of an awkward networker to begin with but Mm -hmm. it'll like work its way out so you know, and now, you know, as they proliferated, they are starting to cater then to, well, you know, if, if I'm a networker and I'm a woman, I'm like, I want to make the first move, yeah. you know? And so that is, you know, a style. And then within that, they give you content that you can engage on so you have something to talk about. Yeah. Like, like yep. what we said about planning Topics. your meeting. So yep. they have they have the topics. It's like, oh, well, you know, you guys align on this and you guys align on that. And these are the things you have in common, you know? So it's it's as much about making a match as it is about giving you, again, fodder for content that you can actually like talk to each other about mm-hmm. and like maybe potentially build a relationship out of it. So um, it, it, it all works in that, that standpoint to try to you know create connections, but also differentiates in a way that really caters to different ways that people like to network in, mm-hmm. in the environments that they feel comfortable in which to do that. Yeah. Yeah. No, really good point. And speaking from experience, I will let you be the expert on this one um, and obviously the success there. So uh, maybe, again, not the most intuitive example, perhaps, but one that we just feel like takes networking in a direction that really works well. 
So with that, that's all we have for you today. Hopefully you've learned a lot about what to and what not to do when it comes to networking. And we would encourage you to go and exercise your marketing smarts. Still need help in growing your marketing smarts? Contact us through our website, forthright-people.com. Mention you heard about us here and we will give you a free 30-minute consultation. You can also share any topics you want us to cover, which helps us give real-world support to our listeners in real time. And if you learned something impactful, please share with a friend and don't forget to leave a rating and review on your favorite platform. Now, go show off your marketing smarts.